0: This podcast is sponsored by Position Green. To be an insider, you can subscribe to the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable, wherever you get your podcasts from. And please, leave us a five-star rating. What did I just say? 21 gigawatts! What the hell is a gigawatt? Doesn't sound like the usual mindless, boring, getting to know you chit-chat. This is the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. It's a short and sweet Follower Friday edition of the podcast today with Mike Niebuhr and special guest Jason Stanley. But before we get to them, here's Mike's better half, Ann Neimer, COO of eRenewable, with an important message. Position Green helps companies build resilient and sustainable organizations. Position Green has a unique combination of ESG software, advisory, e-learning, and assurance that drives sustainability success and empowers positive change. Visit positiongreen.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Green Insider Podcast, Power be Renewable. I am Mike Niemer, your host today. Joining me is our sponsor, Jason Stanley, Managing Director with Position Green. Jason, welcome to the show. This week's Follower Friday. You're on episode 206, and you're here to help educate our listeners on a new on a hot topic now
1: dealing with nature and biodiversity. Is that correct? Yeah, thanks, Mike. Great to Join you again. Um, Yeah, exactly. Um, Nature and biodiversity risk has really been on the agenda for ESG. Uh, I mean, frankly, for a long time, but this last year, um, there's been a a significant amount of uh, activity, especially when it relates to regulations. Um, And companies have really started to become increasingly nature-focused in their ESG agenda as these regulations evolve, um, really to try and curtail biodiversity loss and nature risk. Uh, and this is because it's really become an integral factor for investors, as investors understand the, uh, the the risks associated with biodiversity loss. There's been a lot of evidence linking global warming and nature loss. So climate and nature, you know, as it probably sounds obvious, it's uh, you know directly linked. And there's been a, some really interesting research by the World Economic Forum that indicates that more than half of glo- global GDP, which is about US dollars four hundred, uh, sorry, forty four trillion. pretty significant uh this relies moderately or significantly on nature Uh, so policy makers and investors are as you can imagine really committed to addressing this and uh and trying to both mitigate negative impacts and and really support positive impacts on biodiversity um so there's been a lot of work going on in the policy uh in the area of biodiversity policy And uh, I'll just cover a couple of um, really sort of four different areas, uh, significant developments that have happened in the last um, year or so. Um, This is all really, again, to try and focus on mitigating this biodiversity loss. Um, So December last year, 2022, the Global Biodiversity Framework was signed at COP15. Um, This included targets for corporate disclosure on biodiversity risks, dependencies and impacts. That was pretty significant. just in July, the EU's European Sustainability Reporting Standards or ESRS, uh, that was the final draft was actually released and that includes quite a bit of detail um, on biodiversity and ecosystems in that standard. So that's really compelling companies to disclose their mat- material nature related impacts, risks and opportunities. Uh, so that was very significant particularly in in uh, for companies that are in scope for, for the ESRS in Europe. Um, then you've got the Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation, or SFDR, just to throw another acronym in there, um, that mandates financial market participants more than uh, just corporates to disclose activities that have negative impacts on biodiversity-sensitive areas. And then uh, very recently, in September, the Task Force on Nature-Related Financial Disclosures, or TNFD, um, that's been in the press quite a bit, um, That that's... Uh, organization released its final set of disclosure recommendations and that provides a comprehensive framework for you know how to disclose nature-related risks and opportunities and that's that's really been um you know getting a lot of press um so what does the tnfd do, do i'll uh, i'll focus on that for this this um update um really the the, the objective there is it's aiming to support a shift in glo- global financial flows away from Nature negative outcomes and towards nature positive outcomes. Uh, so we we sort of boiled it down to five key takeaways on the launch of the TNFD back in September. Uh, first off, the TNFD takes an integrated approach. So you know rather than trying to just sort of pile on with another framework and and, and uh, more sort of approach or, or differing approach to uh, to how to evaluate risks and opportunities. Uh, the TNFD is trying to re- or has referenced relevant existing standards, including the ISSB, GRI, and also EFrag. Um, and it's also um, very uh, similarly structured to the TCFD, which is the climate focused um, uh, framework. Uh, and these these uh, the TCFD is built on four pillars, which are governance strategy, risk, and impact management. And that goes along with very specific metrics and targets. So that's that same approach applies to the TNFD, which is uh which should be for f- very familiar for companies that have done TCFD work. Uh, second takeaway was get really get started. Um, it's going to you know take time to actually progress through this uh, biodiversity, understanding biodiversity risk, and the scope of that information is, can be pretty overwhelming. Um, and the TNFD you know stated that they really understand this. It's really about encouraging progress So just, you know, get started and progress over time is a really key, uh, key message that they, uh, you know, they sent everybody. Uh, third is they've, they've come up with a, you know, a, an approach, which is what they call LEAP, or they're saying take a leap, which is locate, evaluate, assess and prepare, which is really sort of the process for working through how to identify these risks and opportunities. Um. And really, it's also about managing them. So, scoping these risks is a crucial phase, and it really helps identify and uh, focus areas for further assessment. Now, fourth, really leverage the work that you've already done as a company. So, you know, there's probably a significant amount of work companies have done in in various parts of the business, environmental impact type work uh, could be scope three, scope one, scope two. Um, there's a lot of data that companies probably already have that relates to biodiversity risk and impacts. Um, so the TNFT recommends utilizing any of those lessons learned, um, those processes, anything else from past experience, um, uh, that can be, you know, leveraged to help put the, uh, um, uh, framework together or, or in place for TNFT. And then finally, um, again, uh, TNFT sort of acknowledges measuring these risks is, is a challenge It can be, um, you know, Quite difficult, uh, and it's it's not missed that companies are really going to struggle targeting and measuring the relevant data. Uh, so, the really again, the intent uh, is to is to encourage progress, so get started, and start um, working through the process, and and take your time, but but show progress.
0: Well, you know, uh, this is the first time on the Green Insider we've had the topic of biodiversity, and uh, for those out there that this is your first venture with it, it really stands for. Biological diversity, is that not correct, Jason? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And when you were talking earlier, uh, two things I wanna bring up. Um, what is the easiest way, if there is such a thing? Now I do understand getting started is the hardest part. You gotta make that first move, so I understand that. But when you talk about understanding your biodiversity risk, what is the simplest way to start understanding that risk. Is there such a thing as one simple step you can make to be that first step forward?
1: Yeah, uh, and I, I think um, several of the the sort of regulatory policy updates that I, I mentioned um, really encourage uh, a key step, which is um, you know really looking at your material risk. So that's that can be, let's say, if we reference the European Sustainability Reporting Standards or ESRS um those standards are sort of the very first step of complying with those is a, a double materiality assessment and in that process companies are encouraged to look at their environmental impact and specifically very um you know quite quite in detail really around biodiversity potential impacts and and every company is going to be different some companies are going to be you know directly impacting or potentially impacting the environment um more so than other companies and so that's a really important step is to take a look at that and really understand how your business operates, um, you know, how you interact with nature and what potential impacts you may have, what's the severity and likelihood of those impacts, and and also understanding the financial uh, impact to the company that could result. And that's really a good starting point. And, when, and if you do a- identify that, that your impacts are indeed material and that they should be something that you should pay attention to and mitigate those risks, or you see an opportunity to actually uh, have a positive impact on nature, um, that's that's step one. And then you can start to sort sort of build both your data collection program around that and then a strategy for either mitigating the risk or uh, addressing the opportunity.
0: Okay. And the other thing I wanted to bring up, would you go over again what
1: uh the acronym LEAP stands for? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. It's locate, evaluate, assess, and prepare.
0: Locate, okay. evaluate, assess and prepare.
1: That's right. Simple yep. enough to remember and uh it, the
0: the meanings within each of those words really is very accurately describes what you're talking about
1: yep yep it's uh it's a re- it's a great um it's a great way to look at the process
0: yeah absolutely well jason thank you so much for bringing this uh to all of our listeners today what can or how can position green help our listeners if they want to know more about this
1: yeah no thanks for asking i mean we we uh, we do a lot of this work um we've got you know, really, the company's been set up to provide end-to-end solutions for our clients, and this, this is no exception. We've got our software uh, solutions been designed to help companies sort of collect, um, manage, analyze, and report their data, and including this biodiversity data, um, and then combined with our advisory expertise, we really designed, have designed ourselves to help companies navigate this whole process. Um, help you understand what those risks are, help you comply with regulations if they uh, apply to you and and get a sense of, you know, what, what are your real risks and what you should be doing about them.
0: Well, that's terrific. Jason, thank you for joining us again on today's Follower Friday. And we look forward to hear what lesson you're going to bring all the listeners on next month's Position Green Follower Friday. Thank
1: you for joining me today. Thanks, Mike. It's a pleasure.
0: This podcast was sponsored by Physician Green. For an introduction to our sponsor, or find out how you too could be a sponsor, refer to our show notes to contact eRenewable and the Green Insider Podcast.